Welcome to the Dope Muscle Woman podcast. This is your host, Sabria Mills, and I am super excited because we have another amazing episode titled Mastering Motherhood with the amazing Rachel Paradise Azam. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Assalamualaikum, Sabria. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful on so many levels. Um, I love that there's a platform for Muslim women to exchange ideas mm-hmm. and solutions. And I'm incredibly proud that, you know, we just have this platform to uh, help understand one another and being our best selves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think um, that it's definitely my pleasure to definitely feature you. I think that you're um, absolutely someone that I see as an example. Um, and I can't wait to here are the gems you're going to drop here today on this episode, especially for all of us trying to navigate motherhood. So let's get into it. Um, the first thing, of course, we always want to do is we want to start off with some introductions, just introduce who you are. Um, I always like to start off and give a personal spin and unscripted sort of um, introduction to my guests. And then, of course, I would like you to, to introduce yourself properly. Um, but Rachel um, definitely comes from my hometown, which is Philadelphia hometown, I guess city more so. But um, Philadelphia, um, definitely born and raised, grew up knowing. Um, I knew I know her as Paradise, so I probably will reference her that way more so than um, Rachel. But um, definitely always remember her. She always just was a beaming, shining light, a nore for people around her, always kind, always generous, always the same human being every time. And, and that's amazing to say, you know, as people are growing up, that that's the experience that, you know, I've had with you is that you always were the same. You always was genuine. You always was kind. You always um, were smiling. So she's just an amazing um, human being. And I've um, personally just admired her and just how she navigates, you know, being a wife and being a mother. And so I couldn't think of anybody else better to have this conversation with than Paradise. Um, So that's just my own little spin on Miss Azam. But why don't you please introduce yourself to the listeners out there? Uh, That's a beautiful introduction, and I'm so grateful. I pray that Allah makes me better than you think I am. Alhamdulillah. Um, I am a Muslim mother. Uh, Alhamdulillah, by Allah's kindness, I am mother to four beautiful, uh, amazing little humans. Um, I have an almost 12-year-old, an almost 8-year-old, and I have a 4-year-old and a 3-year-old. Um, I am finishing up my bachelor's degree at Penn State University. I am also uh, in the beginning stages of being an entrepreneur. I'm starting a, uh, an education training business. I'm looking forward to that and all the excitement that comes with that. Uh, I've been married 14 years. Uh, most recently, wow. I held um, a management position. Shukran, alhamdulillah. Um, most recently, I held a management position at a large nonprofit um, doing disaster relief, um, and that was really noble and really grateful work. Um, it helped me see uh, a different side of things, and it definitely helped me uh, in some of the skills that I use in my everyday work with training and just um, learning to understand behaviors better. So that was a really great skill I acquired there. I stepped away from that work to mm-hmm. just focus more on my family and mm. focus more on, you know, doing something that would enrich um, more of my passions and what I wanted to do. And so I'm in the, in the middle of that. And um, I'm back with, you know, really looking at how I progressed from being a full-time working mother to a full-time mom. 
And that's an interesting dynamic uh, in itself with balancing everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, that's definitely super, superwoman status here. But um, mashallah, thank you for the amazing introduction. Um, and we're going to just delve right into it. Our topic is mastering motherhood, and it's a conversation that's really necessary. And I think since I've launched this podcast, we had so many different discussions, a lot of discussions around like relationships, especially relationships like man to woman. But this relationship between mother to child and navigating it and and finding tools to empower ourselves through this um, path and journey of motherhood is just a whole nother conversation. So let's just get right into it, Paradise. Um, but our first question is, you know, our central theme, our you know, staple question that we ask everybody is, how would you define being a dope Muslim woman? Awesome. So I define being a dope Muslim woman with being your complete and authentic self. Uh, you know, we have so much influence. And I love that the Muslim woman takes that influence and makes it something that is, um, by Allah, is just so incredible and dynamic. And so we take whatever influence, whether it be fashion, whether it be love, whether it be mm-hmm. motherhood, and we take it and we make it something Muslim, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just seen, even with this podcast, you know, there's so many, uh, we can excel on so many platforms. So we've taken this medium and we said, how can I apply this to me? And that's awesome. Um, so a Muslim woman is definitely someone who's authentic, graceful, and just her own dynamic self in every sense of the word. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I definitely appreciate that um, definition, and I love that how um, you're able to just essentially say that it's about that woman making it her own. And I think Mm. that that's, you know, that's really powerful um, because, you know, a lot of people get really caught up with this whole word dope. (laughs) We do. We do. I I think to me, dope just means full of something, you know. So you make it whatever you want it to make it. Um, Absolutely. And then we also have to be, you know, we have to be current. We have to be mm-hmm. uh, with the times, you know what I mean? So we apply it as we see it. So it doesn't always mean, uh, it doesn't always have to have a negative connotation. You know, we can take exactly. it as we do everything else and we make it Muslim, you know, <laughs> mashallah, <laughs> and we make right. it as, right, we make it as cool and as dope as we want to be. Look. Absolutely. Listen, that's right, sis. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All right, sis. So I definitely want to delve into this discussion surrounding motherhood. But I think before we even talk about the highs and lows and tips and advice and all that good stuff, let's first just define it. Um, how would you personally define motherhood? Um, this is such a loaded question, and I think it's a really, really great one. Um, because we can see from so many examples in Islam where we have our mothers of the believers, we have our influences, we have, you know, people that we take from. We have Sister Aisha, who, who was not a mother herself, um, but by Allah's kindness, he gave her that title. I mm. think that's an incredible example. I mm-hmm. think of Asiya, who, who Allah gifted her Prophet Musa, alayhi salam, and she took him into her home, not being her own child. So when I think of someone who is a mother, I think that's a gift from Allah. And it's a gift from Allah that someone, that they were uh, bought and sent to raise someone. Um, even when we think of Prophet Muhammad, um, when we think of his nursemaid, um, when we think of her nurse, it, it was Amina, 
Um, was it Amina or um, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, Amina was the mother, if I'm not mistaken. The mother so, wasn't it Bahira? Um, was it Bahira? Um, I, I could be wrong. Uh, okay, I'm thinking. Ahead. No, um, but he <laughs> had an um, he had a beautiful nursemaid, and Amina. that wasn't his, um, Halima. Halima, okay. Halima Sadia. And, you know, that was not his mother, but it was someone who cared for him in his time of need. So when I think of someone who is a mother, it's definitely a gift and a title that Allah bestows upon um, a woman who cares for someone in her care. Um, and I think it's, you know, we can even think of in our community and ourselves, where we've taken care of children who aren't our own. Um, and I, I especially can resonate with you as being a teacher and a leader that you've come across children that, um, that you've definitely mentored and mothered. Um, yeah. You know, just, be, just simply because of, you know, the status that Allah gave women, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about, when I think back to what it means to be a mother, um, you know, we're all mothers in a sense. You know, we definitely own in on this um, taking care of children, uh, being a part of this community, ownership, nurturing, and it doesn't always mean that it's a child that you birth, but I definitely recognize that um, women hold this grace, this essence, this maternal uh, passion that allows us to connect with humans on every level, um, and that's definitely mothering to me, um, and, I, and I've experienced, I felt that, I've given it, and I've experienced it, um, and it's a beautiful trait, mashallah, that we um, have been able to make our own, especially as Muslim women, uh, that, you know, from nursing uh, to mentoring to teaching to leading that we've owned and, you know, we've taken responsibility for by Allah's kindness, alhamdulillah. Wow, wow. You know, that's extremely powerful. And I think when I, when I think of, like, just and, and just going over in my head what you shared, you know, I can't help but think of how um, beautifully you stated that, especially to the heart of the women that may don't physically birth children but are mothers. And I think that's, you know, um, I have friends and I'm companions that um, aren't mothers, and they often say that, like, I don't have children, I'm not a mother, but it's like you are, you know, you, you, are. you have mothered. And like you said, it's a gift that God gave women in general. Um, and I love that um, example that you gave of Aisha because she's a beautiful, I mean, I love I you too. I think deeply, and me, yeah. I think so deeply of Aisha. And I think so deeply of, of um, Asia, subhanAllah, mm. for, you know, to, for a child when your husband was killing um, all male-born children, to take this child into your home and keep him safe. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we think about that enough, you know, where uh, if a foreign child comes into your home and you accept mm-hmm. them as your own and love them anyway and keep them safe and She's mentioned in the Quran, subhanAllah, like that's incredible, you yeah. know, to be a woman of that stature and to have provided that safe haven um, from a child that was not from you. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, it, it, it's, um, it's like a fairy tale, but it's real, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's, it's, but it's real, you know, this really, really happened. Um, and we all possess that power to nurture and to love and because love is so big. Our love as Muslim women is, are, is so big. Our hearts are so big. Uh, we recognize the need and we fill it. You know, yeah. we, don't, uh, we don't wait for someone else to do it. You know, we, we, take, we, we see something that needs to be done and we do it. And I feel like that's what Asiya did with this child. 
who became our Prophet Musa, alayhi salam, alhamdulillah, by Allah's kindness. Um, and I think that, uh, imagine that story, you know, that we have that in our history. It's legendary. Um, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wow. Extremely powerful. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because we think of these historical stories and they're very beautiful, they're very inspirational. But, you know, as we kind of, you know, look at our own past and, you know, I'm a mother myself and, you know, um, I'm around a lot of mothers and I'm just going to be real. It's freaking hard. Like, it is no joke difficult. It is the hardest job in life. Yeah. So <laughs> it comes how with no manual. Yeah, exactly. How can we wrap our brains around it? How can we make it more feasible for us to tackle this, what's sometimes so, like, daunting, um, difficult task? What I really think it's important for all of us to understand is that um, a little bit of you have the tools already, but also none of us know what we're doing. So almost Mm -hmm. simultaneously you have to understand um, as a teacher and a learner simultaneously, that uh, that you have what it takes and your child is going to show you the way. Um, and so I think I use I a lot through this difficulty um, with my first child, you know, feeling like, okay, if I read all the books, if I spend enough time around the right people, then I'll know what to do. Uh, but it did take just a little bit of, hey, you first have to accept that you don't know how to do it in order to be able to be a learner to allow your child to teach you Uh, because breastfeeding at the beginning was a struggle. Um, Even, you know, going into that unknown world of being pregnant and birthing a baby uh, was just something so foreign. You know, we see it every day. We have these big blossoming bellies and we just wonder how it's all going to happen because everyone's experience is so unique and different. And we wonder, how is it going to be for me? Um, You sort of go into this unknown, but embrace that, cherish that, accept Mm -hmm. that and understand that, uh, that you don't know and that's okay. I think a Mm -hmm. large part of that is going to be our faith carrying us through Mm -hmm. and, you know, doing the work, being patient. You know, Prophet Muhammad said there is no reward for patience except good, you know? So um, having bestowed this honor of of birthing life and being gifted with life, you know, being patient with yourself, you know, Um, it's almost like a a book where you're, you're, you're writing the book as you go along. (laughs) You're literally writing the book as you go along. I always encourage women, be patient with yourself, be patient with this journey and the answers will come to you. Um, and I think you experienced that a little bit, and I experienced that a little bit, because you don't know what kind of child you're going to get. Right. Um, and I see this so much, where I remember uh, I thought, you know, I'm such an extrovert. I'm such, uh, you know, I talk a lot. You know, I'm a bubbly person. And I automatically thought, oh, my daughter is going to be this bubbly, mm-hmm. outspoken, all <laughs> over the place, you know, kind of child. And wallahi, when I say that, um, Allah just kind of set me down and was like, listen, sis, like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's not right. By right. Allah's kindness, you know, I was gifted with this beautiful, uh, uh, you know, child who, who, whose mind is so enamored with stories and gifts and who's quiet. Um, I always feel like we say shy as a negative connotation, but 
she's thoughtful, she's uh, intuitive, and um, reserved. And it was a gift for me and also a lesson Mm -hmm. because it was something that I had never experienced. Uh, You know, most kids are, uh, from what I've experienced, uh, you know, some children are boisterous and they run around a lot and they're loud. When I kind of got that juxtaposition of, you know, okay, this is your child and, you know, she's a bit more reserved, it taught me a lesson in patience uh, Mm -hmm. and also to learn, discover, and appreciate who she was. Uh, because even later in my journey, each of my children are just different stamps. Like they're like snowflakes. They're all different. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't, and it could not be more fun just kind of figuring out who they are, learning them, learning about myself as a mother and appreciating, you know, being, being so open and vulnerable mm-hmm. and making this, this is our family. Yeah. This is our family. Each one is so different, unique. They each have their own different gift. They learn different. They speak different. They think different. You know, I had to accept that, and that was a part of just learning this motherhood journey where each child is gifted with their own gift, sort of how Allah says in the Quran, you know, the, the sustenance comes with the children, you mm-hmm. know? They each bought their own sustenance. They each bought their own way for me to learn them. Um, yeah. And that was, that's a gift that I'm still learning as I'm growing and they're growing with me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's challenging. It's mm-hmm. difficult. It's confusing. Um, I've cried about it. I've laughed about it. And, you know, each year goes by, I'm just so grateful that every day I make it. You know, I yeah. make it. We, we survive <laughs> another, look, we survive another day. And, yeah. You know, we, live, we, we live to tell yeah. the tale. <laughs> we live to tell the Yeah, it is so... <laughs> You're right. It is. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's, there, there are so many blessings, but I, one of the things I wanted to speak to was just the fact that I think, you know, I, I mean, we understand that in general, just as human beings that, you know, bringing a child into the into this world, raising a child is, is like you said, one of the most difficult tasks, but one of the most rewarding. However, I do feel like if we're speaking specific to um, the Muslim woman experience, um, you know, in this country, and let's just um, be clear, or, or any other country maybe, um, there are at times I personally feel like, and I would love to hear your feedback, um, unrealistic expectations put on the backs of Muslim women, mothers. Um, it's just almost like um, your children, how your children come out, just like you mentioned, how they're different, how your children come out the womb somehow reflects whether you are a good mom, bad mom. I also even heard very seriously, like people say that, well, if your child is um, misbehaved or has some issues or, behave, you know, that's a reflection of your character when you were young. You know, I've heard those types of analogies. So how, can you please speak to us for a moment just about how do we navigate this pressure as Muslim women with this sort of social pressure that's put on us to be these ideal, perfect mothers with these perfect, well-mannered, perfect adapt children? Like, I think uh, the first thing we need to like about being perfect is yeah. that it doesn't exist. It's right. impossible. It does not exist. I've struggled so much over the years <clears throat> with mom guilt. Um, with things not being the way that I wanted them to be. And this took me almost into a depression uh, because, you know, you have this ideal life that you want to create for your child, these experiences you want them to have. And even on a religious, you know, a religious standpoint, you know, we want them to speak Arabic. We want them to speak Spanish and French. 
we want them to be, uh, you know, simultaneously be connected to their uh, maybe African heritage or whatever their um, whatever uh, their nationality is. We want them to be connected that way, but we also want them to be American. We want them to be good mm-hmm. at math. We want them to be yes. good at science. We want them to be good at sports. We want them to be. <laughs> it's laughable the you know the extent that we will go to to try and you know reach this level of perfection that we've created for ourselves. You know, no one else has set this standard for us. It's a standard that we've set all our own because of our experiences, because of our, of our expectations, because we think that society will accept our child more um, if they're this way. So we're trying to fit this mold that it, it, it really should not exist. We're trying to fit this mold, and it's just unrealistic. Um, yeah. And I've, I've experienced this a lot as a mother, just trying to do everything. But then we realize, um, you know, our children are stressed out. They're tired. Um, they don't fit into our expectations. We have to throw mom guilt out the window. And you have to learn how to make this journey of you and your unique child all your own. Mm. If, if, we, if we do one thing really well, it's that we – you know, we put too much pressure on ourselves. We do that really, really well. You know, we expect to get up at six in the morning, be ready for swimming and soccer and karate and chess and studies mm-hmm. and math. And these expectations that we put on ourselves, that if we don't do these things, we are imperfect or our child is not going to have the gifts or that they aren't going to be well-rounded. Um, I need women, especially Muslim women, to understand that we are enough and doing your best is enough. Um, recognizing that on so many levels mm-hmm. and not inwardly feeling this sense of guilt if you don't fit this invisible standard that society has set for you. Uh, I struggled with this a lot. It's taken me um, through a depression. And, and then once I realized, and this came from a lot of, just sister, sister talk similar to this about mm-hmm. this idea of perfection um, that we've carved out. It's important to recognize that whether or not, you know, we don't, we don't decree, can't decree that for our child. That's something that's decreed by Allah. Because, um, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I didn't ask um, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. Um, but we don't decree that. That's decreed by Allah. Because, you know, what we've seen, and we've seen this happen, we've seen really great parents who mm-hmm. have troublesome children, who have children who struggle in different ways, uh, who, despite having the money, the resources, you know, they've struggled in different ways, they have hardships, and this is through no fault of their parents who are trying to provide them with the best environment. It's just something that happens by the decree of Allah. Um, and we've seen children who are disadvantaged in other ways, uh, perhaps by poverty, um, ill access to education, um, you know, uh, family structures that are broken, but they turn out to be uh, brilliant, you know, yeah. incredibly ingenious humans who we are in awe of. We see so many stories of people who go through difficult circumstances and somehow make it through. So mm-hmm. we definitely realize that it's not, you know, um, that's not something that we can control. And we yeah. have to stop thinking that we can, can that the things that we can't control that we um, that we can somehow fit in our child into this box. And if we don't do those things, we aren't good enough. 
um, a friend, a dear friend shared with me that just mm-hmm. wanting to do good enough is enough. Because mm-hmm. we have from our beloved Prophet Muhammad said something that actions are by intention. Actions are by intention. Apply that how you will. Well, but for me, I apply that to how I'm trying to be the best parent that I'm trying to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, showing up every day, being committed, being my best, you know, and t- making that journey all of my, all my own and deciding that, you know what, um, I'm going to create this path. I'm going to see what kind of child I'm going to, going to have. And we're going to learn this together. We're going to see what you like together. We're going to see what you fit together uh, mm-hmm. because there are so, it's so broad and we just have to focus on what we're able to provide and what our child is able to receive. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, you know, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I think no, that that's, you know, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you want to ask No, uh, No, I was going to say, you know, it's, it's mind blowing, really. It's yeah. mind blowing. Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, I mean, it really is just a mindset shift. It, that's what it sounds like if we shift our mindset. But I, I wonder, you know, <laughs> how do you feel like our male counterparts um, tend to contribute to some of these? I uh, think <laughs> this, um, this thought process, these pressures. And this is not no blame. It's just, you know, it's just conversation, just some reflection. No, it yeah. certainly is. Um, so, mashallah, by Allah's kindness, I've been able to be, a, uh, you know, be married for 14 years. And mm-hmm. so I definitely benefit by, you know, not having to do this journey alone. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in a single-parent home. And so my dynamic was, you know, my mother making all the decisions, um, you know, having one parent in charge. And I had to even adjust my mindset to accepting that, you know, I have help in this, um, and mm-hmm. that's certainly been a privilege and a benefit to me I'm, that I'm grateful for every day uh, that we that we work through every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we work through because we definitely have our disagreements, um, yeah. different ways that his experiences have um, on our children and how he, you know, how he chooses to parent, and we have my experiences. And when we come together, we have to, our children need to see a team. Our mm-hmm. children need to see a commitment connected. They need to see, uh, you know, they need to see ground rules. And that was something that I had to work through. Alhamdulillah, by Allah's mercy, being married, um, compromise, you know. Um, I've had to accept that um, as a woman, as a Muslim mother, I, I really do like things the way I like them. <laughs> right, um, right. I have my systems. I have my ways. I have my markets that I shop at. I have my meals that I cook. I have the way I wash clothes, but I had to recognize that in order to get help in this process, I had to release some power. I had to share this journey because it's both of our journey. Um, I was blessed not to have to do it alone. And so, hey, don't do it alone, you know? And I think that's important also to apply um, to, to maybe people who, um, aren't married or aren't parenting with their partner, we don't have to do it alone. Um, mm. And I say that in finding our community. Um, I don't believe that we should have to do this alone. You know, so the schools that we choose, the people that we allow into our lives, you definitely have to find your tribe. Um, and in more ways than one, I've done that also. So I'm supported in that way. Um, mm-hmm. But circling back to 
start going back to um, yeah. how, how do they manage. contribute to the mindset? Like right. I'll do, uh, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Managing with a partner, um, it's definitely compromise. Um, it's about relinquishing my power. It's choosing that, hey, I'm going to allow my children to benefit from both of their parents. I'm going to let him do it this way. Um, early on, I struggled with feeling like I had to do everything. I had to do bath time. I had to do homework. I had to do karate. I had to do uh, Islamic studies. So was that an expectation? Oh, and, not, and I'm only asking because, I mean, you can, you don't have to necessarily delve into your personal, but I'm just asking because, what you know, my, my question and theme is, is basically around do men really, do our male counterparts at time contribute to this pressure expectation on us to be these ideal perfect mothers? And I've seen it. I've been a witness to it where it's like, oh, my gosh, like, what are the kids eating? And how come the kids are not, you know, it's like this, this, unreal, this unrealistic pressure. I'm just asking, do you feel like I definitely do. Um, expectations that are unrealistic? Before? In my relationship, I definitely felt there was a pressure that I automatically knew what I was doing. I mm. definitely felt like, um, hey, you're the one who breastfeeds, so you know when the baby is hungry. You know, you, okay. uh, you spend more time with the child, so you know what they like and what they don't like. There was definitely a pressure. Um, and like you said, like, I had to, uh, wait a minute, I'm like, hold on, pump the brakes. You know, let's, you know, we did this together. Um, yeah. I'm <laughs> as new to this as you are. <laughs> right. I, I, I had the stress and the pressure of, you know, my husband feeling like, um, you know what you're doing and I don't. Because mm. you're the lady with the milk, because you're the mom, you're the nurturer, you're the comforter, you're, the, you, you're, you're, you're all these things. So you do this. And early on, I did, I did own that where I felt mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, cause I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to disappoint me. I didn't want to disappoint my child. So I took that on again, you know, adding another hat to this already, you know, teeter totter of a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I adding that I took it on and it was all okay and fine and dandy until uh, you realize this is too much, you know, um, where you're um, emotionally imbalanced, you're stressed out, you don't have any time for yourself. Um, And I say this a lot where um, as a mother and as a wife, um, Mm. you have to, one, know yourself, and two, you can't can't expect that everything is going to come, everything that you need is going to come from your child. You know, it's an expectation that we feel like, Motherhood is going to fulfill every single wow. desire that we have. Um, and you've seen this, Sabria, where, yes. you know, we, we hear and see women who say, you know, I have my children, it's just me and my kids. Yes. <laughs> um, my kids are all I need. As long as I have my kids, that's all I need. And I want to say to you, sis, no. Mm-hmm. It's not right, and that's okay. You know, um, that your, your, cho- you know, your children are certainly a component of you. There's someone that you've added to your life, but they're not all you need. You need time for yourself. You need time to explore your own passion. You deserve Mm. to not have to do this alone. You deserve to care for yourself. You deserve to be able to go to work if you choose. You You deserve to be able to enjoy motherhood. You also deserve to acknowledge that this is not all it's cracked up to be. You know, this is hard. And, you know, we put this pressure on ourselves and on the children to say, um, 
you know, as long as I keep putting, you know, magic and love into this pot, I'm going to get it back. And we know that's not true. You know, yeah. we know that's not true. Um, and we put this pressure on, our, on ourselves. Our, our partners put this pressure on ourselves. Um, this unrealistic expectation that we all know what we're doing. Our kids are all what we need. And we just grin and bear it. And we're suffering inside. We're wow. suffering inside. Uh, we're sitting at the park suffering. We're, mm-hmm. we're getting at the 6 a.m. <laughs> suffering. We're mm. tired. Um, I remember, I think my breaking point was, you know, realizing that I had done this routine for five years and no break. Five years, no break. So child after child, job after job, um, you know, I was going to school in this whole process. And then just, you know, burnout, reaching my breaking point. Um, And then baby number three comes along. And you're like, hold on, how am I going to fit this into (laughs) <laughs> the, the calendar schedule, you know, where do I take off time for a baby? Where do I, you know, um, you know, we, we're kind of forced to sit down because I always realize that if you don't do it for yourself, life will do it for you. And yeah. it's going to be a, a very hard adjustment. Um, and for me, um, and this was a reality that I came to realize upon around baby number three, uh, that I needed to kind of implore, employ my husband, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, no, it doesn't. And I, said, and I said, hey, he can do some of these things, too. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, look. Okay, yeah. wait a minute. I don't have to be around for library. You know, he mm-hmm. can pick the kids up. He can give bath time. Um, you know, he can wash clothes. And this is the agreement that we came to. Um, putting everything down on paper, everything that everyone needs down, and sitting and saying, okay, what can you do and what can I do? What should you do and what should I do? How can this work out for either one of us? Aren't so overwhelmed, aren't so stressed, and that, you know, the kids don't come to mommy first for everything. Right. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I've had my kids wake me up out of my sleep. Oh, yeah. You know. Bathroom, coming to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, unhealthy. It's like, you know, and I, I don't want to cut you off, but it just really – what you're speaking of is just really has me kind of in my feelings only because no, seriously, it's like, really, I, I, I tend to wonder about this culture that we've kind of been inundated with of like this total, uh, no privacy, like, no boundaries. Yeah, like total catering to the whims and the needs and the desires of the kids. And it's like, like you said, of I, everyone I have, but ourselves. Of everyone, everyone but ourselves. And that's not the way it was intended. And I like to look at some examples of even some women that live in other places. Like I'm going to give some African countries, for example, how, you know, sometimes they, you know, babies, they be sitting there crying. Don't, you know, they, they don't always come and pick them up every morning. Uh-huh. And, it, and it's about really teaching children resilience and teaching them what life is. You don't, there's not, there's not somebody to grab you every time you cry. I had to laugh when I read an yeah. article that said that women in the Netherlands leave mm-hmm. their children outside oh. in the strollers. Did oh. you read that? I, Where, I don't know about that. that because they felt the cold air was good for them. And wow. it was, I, I said, wait a minute. I'm doing this whole thing wrong. Like, we we are entirely too controlling. And, you know, yeah. but I recognize that, like, that's foreign to us. But in different countries and different ways, 
you know, they do things differently. I think it's very much an American aesthetic and aspect yeah. that we are constantly catering to our children. And they're coming out, every, out horrible. Let's it, just it, be honest about it. Our, you know. When our children have more clothes, activities, yeah. more amenities than we do, uh, right. more privilege than we do, uh, where essentially they're telling us what to do because mm-hmm. for cab drivers, you know, they go to the best <laughs> schools, they eat the best food. I right. said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right. Like, Meanwhile, we barely eat, we're losing <laughs> weight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the, you know, and I had to really take a look at myself. Right. Um, this was sometime most recently of, of last year. I was working full-time. The children were doing swimming and soccer. Um, I'm, doing, I'm going to two different pools, picking kids up. Um, I had my, um, you know, I, I have two toddlers, and I'm doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Who told me to do this? Right. Who told me to do this? Right. Who told me that dinner had to be on the table at six every night? Who told mm-hmm. me? I, I I rose to this American culture aesthetic, and I wrote and and I said, hey, I'm going to match it with you know Islam and Arabic and Salat and you know mm-hmm. all of these other things. And my kids, so I took you know, with already a high standard for, you know, raising American, raising privileged American children. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to add Islam to that. You know? <laughs> right. Um, right. And, but but I, who put these standards on me? Who put these standards on me except myself? Um, yeah. And I had to pull back. I had to pull back and I had to tell myself, you know, I'm denying myself the privilege of enjoying this motherhood journey by making it, into something that no one said it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, no one said it was supposed to be easy, but it's a misery train. It, it, yeah, it's it, a misery it, train. You know, you do, yeah, I mean, you're, you're exhausted, you, you know, you're not eating well, you're not, you know, you're not taking care of yourself, like you said, it's a misery you're train. You're not enjoying yeah, your absolutely. partner, you're not right. enjoying your partner, you're not enjoying yourself, um, your kids are stress, stressed out, frustrated, um, and, and you're catering to them constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had to sit and take a good look at myself and and even just realize, okay, what is necessary? Mm-hmm. What is essential? What do I want to do? And what are we enjoying? Um, and I think as recent as last year, we had to sit because we were doing so many activities, extracurriculars, um, and it was just, I kept, you know, okay, because sports teaches discipline, and then they need study time. Yeah. They need a math <laughs> tutor. And so mm-hmm. we want our children to have all these traits forgetting about what's already natural within inside of them, forgetting mm-hmm. about the example that they have within us. And we are only focusing on the outside influences that's going to be a part of their rearing. We're only thinking about that part, not about the, fam- the, the influence that the family structure has, not in- realizing what we already impart-, impart on our children from what they see from us. And I was putting way too much emphasis on the outside influences and not enough on what I brought to the table as a mother and the environment that I already provided. You know, I'm already a loving, committed mother. You know, mm. I, you know I'm, we can play soccer outside. <laughs> yeah. You know, we didn't have to join a team that meets up three times a week and then karate and then swimming at six in the morning. You know, I had to, I was putting all of this on myself because I wanted, and then we also want the, um, you know, we want people to say that we're doing a good job. Exactly. You know, I, I uh, thank we, you for saying that because sometimes it's not even about, you know, that kid. Right. It's, it's not even about, about us. It's the about perception. the pictures. Yeah. The perception, yeah. the pictures, the, the medals. 
um, yep. the vacation. We mm-hmm. make it about a lot of what people see about us because we put so much on ourselves. We we now need that uh, acknowledgement. We mm-hmm. you know, um, and we I think we forget a lot about you know. It, this comes down a lot to self esteem, um, how mm-hmm. you feel about yourself, confidence, wow. and yeah. uh, you, the tools that you we forget about all the tools that we're already equipped with. Um, and, you know, like I said, this is something that I struggled with, definitely uh, decision fatigue, uh, just being exhausted, being a cab driver, uh, and wanting to be all these things. <laughs> I'm sorry, you keep saying cab driver. And just for the listeners, just in case you're not catching it, she said cab driver. <laughs> she means taking her kids around yeah. following the whims and demands mm. of the kids someplace to play. So. Yes, I was a chauffeur. I'm, I'm the Lyft yes, driver. So. Yeah, there you go. Without... Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, <laughs> no tip. tip. No. <laughs> no. Um, but I mean, and, this is. Oh, sorry, I want you to finish your point. Don't. Sure. No. But I was just emphasizing, you know, just doing all of these things and forgetting about the the natural tools, the natural inclination, intuition that we're gifted and born with. When we have mm-hmm. our children, you know, we focus too much. I feel like on outside influences, and you know, we we forget a lot about the family dynamic, the family structure, what we already bring to the table as mothers and women, um, that we can, you know, still provide a safe haven, a good environment for our children without feeling like, uh, without society feeling like we're not doing enough. Um, yeah. And focusing on outside influences and outside factors uh, that are really tearing us apart as women. Yeah, yeah, powerful. I mean, you know, like I can go on and on with this conversation because it's, it's so it's such a personal one for me. But I don't. I do want us to talk just a, a, a few. Give give us just a few highlights. I mean, I know we talked about some of the challenges and some of even the mindset issues that we have. What are some of these big highlights? The big um, best aspects of motherhood. Mashallah, um, by Allah's kindness, um, motherhood it certainly has its challenges, but it also has its joys. Um, being able to see your children grow into their own person mm-hmm. is really, really a privilege. Um, and once they get to a place where they're um, expressing to you and, uh, and you've given them this confidence to ask questions and learn, it's a really, really thing. Um, the other thing is being done, like, you know, we look at milestones, these charts and these milestones, and even most recently, you know, celebrating the small wins, I potty mm-hmm. trained my three-year-old. And yeah. when I say, look, <laughs> when I say <laughs> how incredible it is to have everyone in the, in the home being able to use the bathroom, that was a small win for me. I said, I'm going to own it. And I'm going to take it. Um, my four-year-old recognizing his sight words. I said, look, you know what? <laughs> you know, Allah, I, you know, I helped do that. You know, that was a big milestone for me when they learned how to read when they're potty training, when they're asking questions. Um, and then uh, the outside praise helps a little bit, but, you know, how great it feels to say, hey, you know, I'm putting the work in, and look at the beautiful child I'm getting back. You know, yeah. look, at, look at this independent human that Allah trusted me with, um, that he made part of my flock, but I send back to him better than, you know, he gave to me, uh, by Allah's kindness, of course. Um, but that's such a special moment to celebrate these small wins where our children are um, coming into themselves, uh, growing more independent, where we're learning what they like and what they don't like, where they're making choices, because it takes some pressure off us. You know, when my child says, hey, you know, 
I want to join this club. Instead of me, you know, we were at an age where we had to try everything and figure out what you like. Now they're coming to me and saying, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah. I like this. Um, it's a privilege as a mother to be able to uh, finally get some feedback, finally get, you know, finally feel like the pressure's off a little bit. Um, and they grow into a different stage. And a lot of us, um, we get amnesia a little bit, you know, because we forget about getting up eight times at night when they were nursing and, and breastfeeding and when we were changing diapers. But that's a joy too, Sabria, where yeah. it's like, hey, you know, you went from getting up four and five and six times a night to, mashallah, Allah's kindness, you're, you now can sleep through the night a little bit, you know. Um, you, you went from changing, you know, eight diapers to alhamdulillah, you know, look, look who's potty trained, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You, went from, you went from reading this book four and five times to your child reading it on their own. And I don't think that we celebrate that part enough where a part of them growing older is just mastering these things that you've drummed into them for years. And it go, the time goes by so quickly, you sort of forget that, you know, at one point you were tired and exhausted, but look, you know, now they're reading on their own. You know, now mm-hmm. they're sleeping through the night. You know, now they're uh, smiling and coming to you and saying, hey, look what I did on my own. Um, that's a beautiful part, a joy and a part of the journey um, that I'm still learning to embrace because it means they're growing up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also just incredible to watch. Um, and it's like you can't, you know, the time moves so fast you don't even notice it. But then uh, one day we're all sleeping through the night. One day they're all sleeping, you know, they're sleeping in their own bed. Um, and that was a joy that I shared this week, most recently where, you know, guess who's potty trained? That was incredible. Me and my husband actually, like, we, we were cheering. Like, yes! <laughs> yes, we did! <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was a joy for us. And, I'm, you know, I'm learning to embrace those joys as part of the journey. Um, because sometimes they can be few and far between, uh, but they're certainly, they, they almost make the hard times worth it, you know, where mm-hmm. we've mastered this, this challenge. Something that was difficult for us isn't difficult anymore. Um, yeah. So alhamdulillah, that, that's, that's been a joy, uh, just watching them grow into themselves. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. That's, that's absolutely beautiful. And as we sort of kind of have to come to an end to this episode, but I do want you to leave a lot of our viewers, um, excuse me, listeners, a lot of our us mothers out here with some practical advice. So what are some tips that you can give mothers to help balance self-care and, with their desire to be a great mom? Um, I think that we have to redefine self-care. I think that we've uh, pigeonholed this idea to mean massages and, you know, vacations all the time, but we recognize and understand that that it can't always be the case. Yeah. Uh, self-care is going to be how it applies to you. Sometimes my self-care is getting to read a chapter of a book. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes my self-care happens, you know, that, you know, that, that half an hour before, after Fudja and before the kids wake up, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to have a cup of tea and to be able to do my vicar, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, our self-care has to be balanced also uh, by the expectations of our children. You know, sometimes I have to say, you know what, uh, tonight is a simple dinner. We're going to have broccoli and pizza because everybody's getting in bed at 8 o'clock. And that's right. sometimes my self-care by deciding I'm going to run my home. You know, I'm going to manage my home, and I'm going to ease the standards that I have on myself and – decide how I'm going to do this. Um, and so that, that's part of it for me where um, redefining self-care. Another thing is, you know, um, 
making time for what you want that's important to you. And so I see this a lot where we spend, you know, 10 or 15 years mothering, and then, you know, we only decide to be a mother in that time. We have to still follow our own passions too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a part of the reason why I decided to go to school. Um, excuse me for a second. That I decided to go back to school. I said I had mm-hmm. to have something that was just for me. I had mm-hmm. to have something that um, where in one part of my life I wasn't a mother. And maybe that for an, some other women that's going to work every day. Maybe mm-hmm. that's being a student. Maybe that's being a teacher or a mentor. Um, maybe that's just deciding to, you know, have this time for yourself. I think that there does need to be some kid-free time and some ways where we say, hey, I'm going to switch this hat out and I'm going to be myself. You know, I'm going to remember Khadija. I'm going to remember who Paradise is. I'm going to remember who Sabria is. And I'm going to be in a place where nobody calls me mom, (laughs) you know, and balance that. And that's okay. It's almost, you know, we, we forget what our own name sounds like. You know, we forget who we were before we had the children, but we were still a person. We were still enough. We were still worthy. And, you know, being able to switch that out and just being able to say, hey, you know, um, I'm going to uh, host this podcast because this is a part of my life that I want to find out. I'm going to finish this degree because I want to see, you know, what I, you know, if I still have it, what I have in me. I'm going to put on this beautiful dress, you know, this beautiful white dress maybe. (laughs) And I'm going to go sit down at a cafe and have a cup of coffee by myself. Um, There has to be some balance in our lives and where we can't, um, allow one part of our lives that we've uh, allowed to be a part of it to take over because that isn't Islam, that isn't balance, that isn't um, distributed over our five pillars of Islam, you know. We have to make sure that we are spacing out these things in our life and allowing time for each thing that we love and that we are passionate about um, to, to fully be our whole and full self. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Powerful, powerful advice. And I really appreciate um, this idea of, like, redefining self-care. Because I, I, too, I agree with you. I think that, you know, our perception, I just think, like, American, uh, I don't know, pop culture. I'm not even it sure if that's what it is. That's totally hijacked this idea that self-care is about a massage and a pedicure. And it's like, come on now. That has, you know, like, self-care is essentially how you. How, I had a mentor. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I had a mentor who shared with me that um, she said, you know, your children aren't, you know, by law, and inshallah, your children never leave you, but, you know, your self-care might be 15 minutes in a hot cup of tea, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, your self-care might just be um, the five minutes that you are in the car and you listen to, you know, uh, where you get to listen to some Quran uninterrupted. Um, for myself, I, you know, I made a short list because, you know, when we as mothers, when we get some time by ourselves, we don't really know what to do. <laughs> and I took that and I said, let me make a short list of things that I like to do. And I said, every day I'm going to try to drink 100 ounces of water. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to listen to three stories of the Quran. You know, I'm going to owe it to myself to make my salat on time and that, you know what, no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to stop. Make my wudu properly and slowly and carefully so that my children understand and know that my priority is to first serve Allah, you know, that they're not going to run my life. And I had yeah. to make this list for myself because, I, you know, I didn't know how to relax. I didn't know how to take time. Um, and being able to understand that I deserve some time off and I deserve some time to commit to my Lord and some time to be myself too. 
and that being a mother is just one part of me, but I'm still a person. Uh, mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, that reflection for me, um, it's, it's honestly changed my life. It's changed the dynamic of how I deal with myself and deal with my family, that I'm a person first. And it's okay that I'm not everything to everybody all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, that is is extremely important as we think about navigating this motherhood journey. And um, I really appreciate, like I said, I really, really just appreciate the conversation. It was really insightful to me. There were times where I was kind of jotting down a couple of notes, um, just because I think this is such an important conversation, number one, we, we know that, but also, like, let's kind of be more real with each other because I, mm-hmm. you know, no, honestly, like we need more people to be honest. Like when I hear, you know, I have a friend and, 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 and they tell me about, you know, the first thing they want to tell me is break down all the accolades and all the, you know, extracurricular stuff their kid is into. And that's great. That's your journey. That's, that's what you, that's what you live for. That's fine. But I, I'm very okay with saying that's not my personal journey with my parenting. I value with my kids eye contact. And just moments mm. where we're smiling, we're holding hands, we, we may sing a song. Like, those are things that are really, really valuable. And I actually make sure that I schedule that very essential connectivity, I call it like connection time, like that connection time. And that's just a little bit more important than getting in the car and, like, putting the pedal to the metal to get them to gymnastics or get them here or there. Yes. Those are all important. <laughs> But if uh, if life doesn't suit that at the moment, I much I would put a preference over, like I said, that eye contact, that physical touch, um, those things that really really connect spirit to spirit, soul to soul. And I think, um, and I just appreciate that conversation, which you spoke to about making it your own, and like just kind of letting go of all of these uh, false narratives that we put on ourselves as mothers. I mean, I mean, I really appreciate that. And, um, but, you know, we're coming to, we are at the end of our podcast, so I definitely cannot thank you enough for sharing your wisdom, um, sharing your insight and advice to me first as a mom that it was out here in New Street to me first. <laughs> I'm like, let's well, some connection time. Look, <laughs> you put me on, I'm like, wait a minute, connection time. Okay. No, I mean, but I really don't, we don't, we don't have time for extracurriculars right now. Like, that's my honest truth. Like, I know everybody does, I love but that's it. great. I love it. I just don't. That's not, I just can't, you know. That's Our not only extracurricular right now, and I will, I, I promise you this, we just go to the library. We go wow. to the library okay. two times a week, and that's that nice. is all we do. Um, and it, it's nice. wonderful. It's wonderful. It's really you know, nice. I'm yeah. finishing a degree. My husband works 12 hours a day. We just, we don't have the time right now. Right. And so we go to the library twice a week. And it's free, and it's, yeah. near, it's, three blocks from, it's three blocks from our house, and no one is complaining. No yeah. one's complaining. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I, that's a note to me, too, where to say, uh, you know, we're not always doing as bad as we think we are. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. Allah, Allah, we're Allah, we're not. Allah, Allah is very merciful. <laughs> but, again, thank you so much for being here on the Dope Muscle Woman podcast. I can't, like I said, express enough my gratitude. Thank you so much. And for all of my listeners out there, please continue to subscribe and like our podcast on all of our platforms, such as Apple and Breaker and Google and Spotify. Uh, we are on all the common um, platforms for um, podcasts. Continue to like us and subscribe. It matters. Right now we've reached um, about 1.5 thousand listeners. Oh, so we are, yeah, all over the country. We even have some international listeners. So we are 
thankful. We're sending gratitude to all of you guys. Continue listening and sharing. And feel free to provide feedback um, in regards to this episode because we want to keep the conversation going. But again, this is your host, Sabria Mills. Thank you again, Paradise, for all of your wisdom. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Dope Muslim Women Podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.